Hi, you've called the Mojo Radio Show. We can't come to the phone right now because we're about to start the show. But please, wait for the tone and the boys will be with you shortly. I got my mojo working, but it just won't work on you. Hey everybody and welcome to this week's edition of the Mojo Radio Show. So for those people who are new to us, uh, what do we do here? Well, we just find interesting people that we think have got something to offer to help you be better in and out of work. And when we started the show, that's kind of it's kind of what it was all about. It was just finding people that you may not know talking about stuff that you probably should know to give you tips and tools just to make you better, you know, to help you find better ideas or uh, get your health better, better relationships, um, better results in work, out of work, uh, better family circles, better social circles, Everything about our world, we just want it to be better. And that's what the show is all about. This week, we've got a guest who has really taken that premise to heart and has really looked at his own world to say, how can we be better? And before we get to that, um, sitting in the Voodoo studios, driving the panel... That's the best, best laugh ever. I love that. <laughs> we come on the show and you go, like, <laughs> it's just so warming. It's just like a big cuddle from your nana. Isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, call me nana. How are you, Robbo? I'm really flower? Well. I'm really well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm very, very well. It's been a good week for you, mate. It's been a great week. We, um, we, we being the rugby club, had uh, a return visit from... Uh, a team we played last year when we toured New Zealand. Um, oh, right. Who are up in the northern part, very northern tip of the North Island of New Zealand. Little farming community. So, um, so yeah, they came over and we had uh, the 16s play and the, um, and the well, it was a combined uh, uh, 11s and 12s squad that played... Um, played so um so yeah so it was nice we uh we had a couple of kids of, from there staying with us for the weekend a couple of billets so yeah good fun so how's um how's jared mate how's he getting on he's doing all right he uh <laughs> he's real well you know as we discussed he's really putting on a brave front um his dad said yeah. behind the scenes obviously he's doing it a bit tougher but he um he's getting along he's he's coming along nicely well i came across an idea during the week um that and for the folks who are joining us for the first time, uh, a couple of episodes ago, we talked about a young uh, young boy who was playing in Robbo's rugby team, mm. uh, the uh, Cherrybrook Under 12 rugby team down there at Pennant Hills Oval. And um, Jared had lost his mum to cancer. And we talked about the grit and determination of this little guy um, and his backbone um, wanting to play for the team and not let his team down. And there's been a bit of a theme for those who've been on the journey with us on the Mojo Radio Show. We've had a bit of a, a theme, haven't we, made of grit mm, for, uh, for a number of months now. I think it's something you and I believe wholly in, isn't it? Yeah, my word. It started with uh, Glenn Capelli and uh, mm. Carolyn Adams-Miller. Mm. Um, we talked about it with Dr. Adam Fraser. So there's some fantastic shows in our um, back catalogue that all talk about this. Um I came across an idea during the week. Have you come across Mealtrain.com before? No. Nope. Can't say I've heard of that one. Well, there's a number of things I love about this, but Mealtrain.com is essentially being set up that if you want to organise meals for a friend who maybe has had 
I don't know, a, a baby or is in surgery or has an illness or has、mm. lost a loved one. And you know you want to do something for them and drop a meal around. Sometimes it can be, you just feel as though you're kind of not sure who's doing what or whether now's a good time or you don't want to drop around,、mm. you know, a lasagna, but six other people have done lasagna.、Mm. So,、um, and we've all been through that situation, either in the giving or the receiving. And Somebody looked at that and said there's got to be a better way and created mealtrain.com. And Steph, who is one of our Mojo radio show listeners,、uh, put me in touch with these guys. And what、mm. it is, is you essentially set up a meal train online and it's a calendar. Right. So, for example, you would go in and say, I am going to make Jared.、Um, A cake and drop around on Saturday afternoon, and you put it in the calendar. So then it becomes visual to the whole community of the rugby team. Yeah, right. Family, friends, rugby players, and so on. And I go in and go, well, I won't drop something around on Saturday, but I'll do some biscuits and drop them around Monday. And I、yeah. put that on the calendar. And somebody else goes, well, the cake's good, but he hasn't had dinner. So what I'll do is I'll do a chicken casserole and put it <laughs> into me, Saturday night. Be dinner for Jared. <laughs> <laughs> a kid after my own heart. And, um, I remember those days you could eat a cake and go and play footy and it'd be gone in, gone、right. in seconds. Exactly. But isn't that a cool idea? Don't you think? And yeah, that's a brilliant idea. They've done 2,000 meals so far,、mm. 200,000 families have received a meal train, and over 3,000 families get a meal every day. So, wow. I just, it's, it's, yeah, it's mealtrain.com. I'll put a link to it in the,、uh, in the show notes at themojoradioshow.com.、Mm. Just go into this week's show, which is Denny Henningsen, who we'll get to in a second. But,、um, I like that. And the, the, the thing that I do admire is that we knew it was a problem. You and I probably struggle with it in giving or receiving of this stuff.、Mm. But someone said, well, actually, there's a problem. I would love it if I had this set up. And I think my friends would love it. Let's have a crack at it, which is how all great. Entrepreneurial ideas start is if you're thinking about starting a business, what's the problem you've got?、Mm. What's your, the problem your friends have got? Solve the problem that you think, wow, I would love it if somebody did that.、Mm. Start it,、um, and off you go. And that was the whole principle that Steve Jobs used at Apple. He said, when he started the business with Woz, he just created something in his garage that he loved, that was a love, that he thought that his friends would love, and that's the premise behind Apple. So、there you go. There you go. Very nice. That's,、um, that's a great idea.、Mm. I've been cooking a few lasagnas over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mealtrain.com. So I'll put a link to that. But,、um, should, we, uh, should we get in the show? Let's、uh, boot scoot into this week's program, shall we? The Mojo Radio Show. Let me hear you say, Truck, yeah, I want to get it jacked up. Yeah, let's crank it on up. Yeah, with a little bit of luck, I can find me a girl with a truck. How good is that track?、Uh, 10 4, big buddy. Right, it is. <laughs> and the film clip is fantastic.、Uh, for those people who aren't country music fans, that is one of the biggest country rock acts in the、mm. world, a guy called Tim McGraw, who was in Australia only last year. And.、Uh, He is he's actually now an actor as well. A lot of people would have、oh, seen、really? him. Yeah. He was the father in a movie called The Blind Side with、I、Sandra Bullock, who I, th- I think she won an Academy Award for her role in it.、Right. Uh, he was also the father in Flickr. 
for the movie about horses and his daughter falling in love with the black stallion and so on. So he actually has built quite a pedigree in the acting community, but mm. he and his wife, Faith Hill, are two of the biggest names in country Is music in the world. Look, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Wouldn't mind the income in that family. Man, they are the country <laughs> power couple. And uh, in, in America... It's not as big here in Australia, but in America, they are packing stadiums like 60, yeah, 70, 80,000 people. Yeah. And what's really cool is I'm a big Tim McGraw fan, and I love that track, you know, Truck Year, and uh, so is my little girl. And I had an interview with a guy called Denny Henningsen, who is his lead guitarist, who has made some quite profound changes in his world. Uh, to get his mojo working, and mm. I got in touch with him, and he said he'd like to be on the show. So, mate, we've got the lead guitarist Whoa. from Tim McGraw's band on the show today, Denny Hemmingson. Welcome to the Mojo Radio Show, mate. Glad to be here from all the way across the Pacific. <laughs> yeah. Now, am I am I right in saying that you are based in Tennessee just outside of Nashville? Is that right? That's right. I live in a little town called Spring Hill, which is actually is we're about 40 minutes south of Nashville. Cool. I was actually mentioning to Gary before we got in touch with you, the Savo, um, I was wondering whether you knew a mate of mine, a guy called Randall Waller, played guitar with Shania Twain for a while there. You know, I know his name, but I, I don't think we've ever met. Okay. There's so many guys, you know, it's, you think it's a small town, but you, know, you end up uh, missing a lot of them. But I, I yeah. heard his name, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Now, cool. Denny, for, for our audience, um, they may not be... Uh, as fanatical a country fan as I am, can you just <laughs> just give us some background, mate, as to the gig, the gigs you're playing, who you're playing with, who the boss is, um, and the sorts of shows and the magnitude of the business you are working in? Yeah, well, I, I work for a guy named Tim McGraw. He's big over here. Uh, we just finished playing uh, the Oscars, which is a real treat. Um, he, he sang a song that Glenn Campbell wrote, and it was kind of a, a tribute to Glenn, uh, you know, who is in poor health now with Alzheimer's. Yeah, and yeah. the song was kind of about kind of about uh, Glenn's, you know, expectations and you know his his life, uh, you know, with that disease. So anyway, that was the latest thing. That's a pretty big stage to be on. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, absolutely. You know, we've we've done the Grammys, and you know, we played all those different TV shows, award shows, and, and so forth. When we're on tour, we're, you know, we're generally playing like arenas. We did a, a stadium tour a couple of years ago, and um, they're, they're big venues. You know, we do a lot of amphitheaters as well and uh, that kind of thing. So it's, you know, it's been great. I've been with them for over 20 years now, and uh, <laughs> it's, it's been quite a ride. Man, you should have shares in the band by now, surely, right? Hey, i got to talk to them about that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Come on, do twenty you years. Be my manager. <laughs> so, Denny, um, this is—I mean, this, the, the stage you're playing on with stadiums, arenas, Grammys, Oscars. I mean, in, in the circles. I mean, Tim Tim McGraw and the Tim McGraw Band. You know, for our Australian listeners, you know, they're they're, they're at the top of their game. Um, in country in America, Nashville, around the world, was that a dream you had? Have you did you see any of this when you were growing up, buying your first guitar, learning your first chords? Could you see any of this when you were starting out? Well, you know, I think every kid, you know, 
probably has a dream. I, I didn't I didn't see it exactly as it turned out. Maybe, but um, I'm an old guy. So uh, when I was a little little kid, I saw the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show, and uh, that did it for me. I knew that's what I had to do. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, so I got a guitar and kept working away at it. You know. So as a, as a kid being on a stage playing with a band, entertaining an audience. That, from, from the very beginning, that was part of the vision you had for your life? Oh, yeah. It was, you know, I mean, that's what I love to do. And in early adulthood, I, I maybe fought that a little bit and, you know, tried to maybe go down some other avenues, you know, get a real job and all that. But, <laughs> you know, I always came back to play music. <laughs> and what is a real job? Come on. Yeah, that's what I want to know. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's not as much fun as what I'm doing. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, man. Yeah. Has Nashville had a big influence on you, Denny? It's a hot pot of creativity and, and music and culture. Has has the Nashville culture had an influence on you and your way of life? Uh, it really has, especially as a musician. I mean, you know, guys come here from all over the world, really, and to, to play music. And, you know, all of a sudden you you find yourself in the midst of, you know, some really talented people. And I think it, it really helps you elevate your game, for one thing, because, you know, all of a sudden there's all these guys around you, you know, you, you got to try to keep mm. up. And so that, in that regard, you know, was a big thing for me when I moved to Nashville. And uh, you kind of, you know, sink or swim, I guess, you know. But, um, and the, the way, you know, just living here, uh, it's really, you know, Nashville's a, still a growing city. It's becoming really a kind of a hot spot for people but um, it still sort of has a down-home feel, and that's pretty cool. So I think it's a good place to raise a family, and, you know, it's it's just a it's a great place to live. It really is. In your mind, do you think you've played the perfect show yet as a, as a musician, you personally? I don't know. I don't think you ever get to, to play the perfect show. It's just you just keep striving for it, you know? Mm. <laughs> there's, there's always something that, you know, you can improve upon. And how, how do you hone your craft? Like living in Nashville doing what you do um, and you still and I just showed a mate of mine the other night some clips of you guys playing and watching you play on stage and how you do it what what sorts of things are you doing to hone your craft to to keep looking for that perfect show oh well you know I guess for everybody it's different and it, there's so many so many different so many different things that play into that you know as far as playing the perfect show it starts with you know, these, you know, the set and, and, uh, the set, the song list. And we do a lot of things in between musical things and video things and all that in between songs that, that we think really enhance our show. Um, you know, we do like little musical segues or interludes between songs, a lot, not always, mm-hmm. but a lot of times we do. Uh, so it's, it's kind of creating those things. I think that really helps the show. And, of course, it's each individual's musicianship, you know, so you're always working on your your skill as a player and, you know, refining your, you know, getting the best tone you can get and, you know, making sure you have all your uh, ducks in a row as far as your playing ability and, you know, tuning and timing and tone of the the three Ps, you know. Mm. So, uh it's always that that you're working on and 
you know, and like I said, uh, putting the set together is a big deal for us. We really enjoy that part. That's a, a real creative part of the year that we're about to embark on again. Uh, I think we started rehearsals in April. So, you know, looking forward to getting in the rehearsal hall and putting all that together so we have a great show when we go out on tour this summer. Do you have your own rituals around the creative process? Denny, I mean, you write... You're the musical director for Tim McGraw, the band. Are there any, do you have your own, personally, have your own creative rituals that you stick by in order to hone that creative craft of yours? Uh, you know, I, I don't know if I can point to any one thing, but, you know, it usually involves a lot of coffee. Well, you're on the right show. A man after our own hearts. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's coffee and sitting in the room with the right people, I, I think is, yeah. you know, uh, th- that's my ritual is I drink a cup of coffee with the right guy and, you know, and then the creative juices start to flow, you know. Diddy, I've just got a question for you on that because I saw an interview with the guys from Lady Antebellum who are another successful country act doing really well and even crossing over here on radio stations in Australia. Right. And they showed them um, on tour jamming and writing and creating and it was a very open very honest forum and I thought you know the people listening to our show sit in the corporate world and generally there's a lot of egos and you know false faces and so on going on I just find it interesting in a, in a collaboration when you are writing music how that dovetails into the corporate world of collaboration to problem solve and to find new products and ideas and so on have you ever found that there's a tips and tools as a songwriter when you're collaborating that if you stick to that, it makes the, the process better, it makes the outcome better? Like have you, have you come across any things in the back of your mind that make that collaborative process better? Uh, well, I, you know, I mean, I think it's uh, being a – as far as you know, sitting in a room with another writer, how to make that process better. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think it's, it's really listening to what the other writer is saying. And, you know, that's where you come up with the best ideas if you're really listening to each other's ideas and you can play off of that instead of, you know, I, I've been in the room with some people who they have a set idea and no matter what you say, it's, it's just, they might as well just write the song, you know, so, uh, but I think the best work comes out of, you know, when you find the right chemistry with the person and you can listen to their ideas and you throw some ideas at them and they listen and you, you come up with the best song that way, I think. Denny, is there a song that you are playing in your set or used to play in the set that lyrically still moves you every time you play it? Like it really has a, an effect on you and your own beliefs and your own lifestyle? Well, I, you know... Um, I think it always you always have to say live like you're dying because yeah uh, it, it's just you know it's just such a huge hit song and for good reason I mean it's a great lyric and it speaks to so many people. I went skydiving, I went Rocky Mountain climbing, I went two point seven seconds on a bull named Said someday I hope you get the chance to 
That must be pretty special to look out at the crowd. I remember seeing an interview with, um, I think, was it Craig Wiseman that wrote that? Yeah, that's, that's right. And uh, he was receiving an award for it, and he said that, you know, when they sat down to write that day, it was just like any other day, but when they'd written that song and saw the outcome, they knew it was going to be a special day. Yeah. And um, as a songwriter, that must be pretty pretty awesome as a songwriter when you're doing that. Yeah, well, I don't know. I've never written anything of that magnitude. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. You know, it must be a, a very re- rewarding, you know. It's just it's just a great song. It's, it's kind of a once-in-a-career type of song, you know. Does that drive you, Denny, to write one of those? Is that is that part of your dream to write a song like that? Yeah, I always hope you, you can, uh, you know, spit something like that out at some point, you know, uh, I mean, every time you sit down to write, you, you try to write something great. And, you know, sometimes you write something really good, and other times it just doesn't work. So mm. it's just a matter of doing it over and over and over. And, mm. you know, it's a numbers game, I think. You know, Craig, Craig yeah. Wiseman's written, you know, thousands of songs probably, you know. and uh, But just once in a while, one of those uh, live like you're dying's if anyone out there doesn't understand how difficult it can be to write a song, there's a line from, I heard Don Henley say once about his song, um, Heart of the Matter. Yeah. He said, um, it, it took 28 years to write and five minutes to sing. And I thought, that's, right. that's so cool. Yeah, exactly. It's, that song is written about someone's life. And, yeah. you know, it's just... It's so such a such a cool quote. Yeah, mm, absolutely. You know, it's funny that um, we know there'll be listeners going, "Yeah, but I'm not a songwriter. Yeah, but I'm not a musician. Mm. Yeah, but I'm not writing it." But the, the the thing that that I think people should think about is that every day they're writing a, a, a card to somebody who is having a birthday or a Christmas or is going through a hardship or are in hospital, get well card, or they're writing copy for a website, they're writing a presentation and. It's really no different no. Um, because you have an audience sometimes of one or an audience mm-hmm. of, you know, 20 or 100 when you're presenting. And mm-hmm. um, the process of, you know, crafting words, spending time, like Denny said, and just doing it over and over again with the dream that the perfect words come out, it's, um, you know, I think people just relate it back to songwriters. But this day and age, we're all writing content. We're all sharing, aren't we? Yeah, that's true. And, you know, and like you say, it's, it's, it's doing it over and over and over and, you know, eventually you get a little better at it if you do it a lot and, you know, and sometimes some some magic happens and, you know, the perfect words fall out, you know, so it's, mm. it's all the same. You're right. Um, it's just trying to find words that move someone. Mm. Denny, um, you just say tonight or tomorrow night you are, you and the band are getting ready to support Tim at the Oscars. And it's absolutely a big show, big night, big audience. Do you have any rituals that you go through in your day that are non-negotiable leading up to a big show? Well, um, you know, those, it's hard to talk about those kind of shows because they're so, everyone is so different and the timing and everything is different. Most of my ritual type things will come more on a regular, uh, you know, a show on a tour. But I would say that, you know, right before you go on stage, uh, on those big shows, it can be, um, you can, you feel some nerves for sure, you know, when you're on live TV and all that stuff. 
And, uh, you know, so I do, personally, I, you know, I rely on deep breathing and to calm myself down and, you know, walk out there and, uh, and just remember that, you know, I've played that song a bunch of times and <laughs> I can do it again, you know. <laughs> so that's those kind of shows. But I'm a, you know, we get into a, a whole ritual on tour, you know, starting from the time we get to the venue in the afternoon. And that, you know, that includes working out and eating and, um, you know, everything that leads up to the to showtime, you know. So let's segue into that because um, you are very passionate about your food and you're passionate about your exercise. Yeah. And we'll get down to the pre-show specifics in a second. But, yeah. Danny, can you just take us through the last couple of years with the changes you've made? As the change, Well, the changes you've made and why you chose to make them because it's actually quite fascinating. Yeah, sure. You know, I've always been uh, sort of interested in health and fitness and all that, but um, I, especially as I got older, uh, I started picking up some weight and, you know, I was running all the time and trying to eat what I thought was the right food, uh, following the low-fat kind of thing that was such a big deal, um, I guess, starting way back in probably the 80s. You know, it just it wasn't working for me. And the thing is, I you know, I go to my annual checkup at the doc, and my blood work didn't look that great, and you know, things were just kind of going uh, downhill for me. So, you know, finally, I actually it started with a conversation that I had with my chiropractor because I was telling him about my checkup with my MD and. And he said something to me that uh, resonated with me, and he said, uh, "He said, you know, uh, you're responsible for your own health." Mm. And I also, I went, "You know what? You're right. I am responsible. So I better dig into this and figure it out." And so that's what I did. And you know, I started getting online and uh, reading stuff from, you know, on Mark's Daily Apple and. And I, I found Abel James online, who he and I have become good friends recently. In fact, we're doing some, a music project together, but uh, yep. that's another story. But, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh started listening to what those guys were saying, and it was totally different from what I uh, thought was right and what I was doing. And so I thought, well, I'm going to give this a shot, even though the mainstream says it's not right. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try it because you know what what I'm doing now isn't working. So I started doing it's pretty much a paleo style diet, you know, cutting out grains and you know industrial seed oils and legumes and dairy for the most part. That's, I do a little dairy here and there. I'm a, not totally strict paleo, but man, things started changing for me dramatically and fairly rapidly. And I also stopped. Uh, you know, I ran a I ran a marathon back in I think it was 2002 or something, and you know I thought, well, if I could just train up for this marathon, maybe that'll <laughs> improve things. And it, honestly, it probably just made things worse. So I stopped. I stopped doing all the long distance running, and I I changed the way I was working out. I you know started lifting heavier and uh, you know doing some kind of sprint type workouts and changed the way I ate and uh, it's it's really turned things around for me and you know I know everybody's different but um, it seems like this works for a lot of people and uh, I recommend it. <laughs> so talk about being on tour. I know you're on tour some 200 odd days of the year and um, you know you're doing shows from Las Vegas and this sort of stuff so you're doing a lot of travel. 
How do you cope with that, Denny? Like, what, what's, what's, how do you cope on a daily basis with tour buses, right. backstage, you know, meals, eating out? Like, what's your, what, what are your, what are your beliefs and rituals and tips that you would give on that? Well, the, the tour bus is the easiest way to travel for me. Uh, when we we do some flying as well, that presents a, a different set of problems, you know. And we yeah. can talk about that later too. But, Typically, it's tour bus when we're on tour, and so we start, we leave Nashville from the Whole Foods parking lot, so, you know, I go into Whole Foods, <laughs> and I stock up on, you know, things that'll, you know, that I can go to in an emergency, and I have that on the bus in the refrigerator, and, and then when we get, when we get to the venue, um, they're generally catered, and you know, usually it's local catering, but usually it's pretty good. And you can, you know, if you know what you're doing, you can usually find, you know, pick and choose from whatever's on the menu, and find yeah. something that's that's good. You know, uh, my typical day would be we go to a hotel first. Uh, we travel over, overnight usually, so we're sleeping on the bus most of the time. That can be a little challenging, sleeping on a moving vehicle. But um, you have know, a bouncer. We have bunks and they're fairly comfortable, you know, for, for for being on a bus. And I have a temps machine, which is uh, pulsed electromagnetic frequencies. And I, it sounds kind of wacky, maybe you haven't heard of it, but um, it entrains your brain into, you know, uh, like a sleep uh, brainwaves. So that helps me sleep on the bus. And you know, some of the guys, I didn't tell them I was doing that, but some of the guys are going, "Man, I've been really sleeping good lately." And so apparently it'll do a whole room, you know, I yeah. keep it under my pillow, but <laughs> I think it's, it's uh, affecting some of the other guys as well. Yeah, but, yeah. So I have that and it's pretty cool. But, um, so we pull into, in the morning, we pull into a hotel parking lot and we get up, you know, from the bus whenever we get up. And then if it's nice weather, I'll go out and stand barefoot out on the grass. If I can find a patch of grass somewhere and do some, some, uh, earthing. And, um, Maybe get a little sun for some vitamin D. I, generally, I don't eat until I until dinner time. I do quite a bit of intermittent fasting. Sometimes I do. Yeah. It just depends on how I feel. If I'm hungry, I'll eat something, you know. But that's going to be either uh, something that I've stocked on the bus, or uh, if there's a decent restaurant nearby, I'll, maybe I'll go get some eggs, or, you know, that kind of thing. So, uh, but generally, it's uh, I'm fasting quite a bit. And then, uh, you know, I go to the hotel room and get a shower and I, you know, do some work. And, uh, in the afternoon, we go over to the, um, to the venue that we're playing at. And Tim is a, he's a workout beast. I don't know, uh, if you've seen pictures of him, but he's shredded. You know, he's cut. He's cut to pieces, that guy. He looks. Fantastic. How old, how old is he, mate? Uh, let's see. I think he is 40, uh, 47, maybe. So what's, what, what do you guys do? You work out together? Yeah. So uh, what we do is, uh, well, for one thing, we bring a trailer that's it's a workout trailer, and it's got a few machines in it, a pull-up bar, um, you know, some, just some different some weights and different things. You can go in there and, you know, work out. But the main, kind of the main workout, we usually set up in the parking lot, and we've got the, you know, the combat ropes. So we, uh, there's a whole routine we go through with the, you know, doing the, the ropes. And and then there's just a bunch of various, like, CrossFit-style gear. Uh, we have BOSU balls. We have some weighted chains, uh, medicine balls, kettlebell, 
uh, we have a couple of elliptic bars, a weighted sled, you know, just all kinds of stuff. And we just kind of, we kind of make it up, you know, as we go and we'll go through a whole, a whole, uh, kind of circuit of doing that kind of thing. And it's a tough workout. <laughs> yeah. I got to tell you. So, yeah, totally. Robbo, um, I'm thinking about getting one of these trailers for the Mojo Radio Show, mate, just for you and me to uh, keep Sweet. in your backyard and just, uh, what do you reckon? Sweet, absolutely. I might borrow it for the under-12s <laughs> as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we have a, you know, we have a giant tire that we flip and uh, yeah. a, a sledgehammer. Sometimes we'll pound uh, the tire with a sledgehammer, that, that old thing, you know, so it's... Yeah. It's just, you can make stuff up as you go and, um, you know, and it's fun. You get a bunch of guys, uh, going on it. It's, you know, it's actually a fun thing to do and, uh, keeps everybody fit out there and out of trouble. And, uh, isn't it so much better than, than walking into a gym and just lifting the same weights day in and day out though? I would much rather work out like that than, than weights and stuff. It's great because it's a variety of different movements, you know, and it it changes up. I think we repeat some things, but it changes up, you know, a little bit every day. You know, it's just, it's a, it's a fun way to do it. That's great. But but that's that's the afternoon, you know, and then uh, by the time we're done with that, uh, we go in and usually grab some dinner, and that will typically be my first meal of the day around five o'clock. Yeah, you know, like I said, catering's usually pretty good. They they usually have some kind of fish and some red meat and some poultry or whatever, uh, a good selection, and uh, they always have a salad bar and some veggies and stuff. So I can choose from that, and uh, and then. We usually go do it. He does a thing he calls a pre-show. So a few of us at least go with him, and it's kind of instead of the meet, the typical meet and greet where everybody stands in the line and waits and they shake his hand, and that's the the end of it. <laughs> mm. uh, we like to do what we call a pre-show, and we actually go. Uh, a few of us go in with him, and he sings a few songs and talks to the people and. It's kind of a friendlier thing than, you know, shuffling everybody in and making them stand in line, I think. You know, it's just a better hang. So we do that. And then, oh, by the way, I have showered in between the workout and the pre-show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was wondering about yeah. that, Denny. I was wondering. No one can smell you from the stage, mate. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is rock and roll, man. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you know, you got to work up a sweater. You haven't put on a show. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, that's so, it. There you go. Anyway, after that, then you know, there's a little time between uh, that and the, the main the show on the main stage, and I'll usually go and lay down and meditate for a little while, and that kind of puts me in the right place for you know getting up on stage and doing the show. Mm. And then uh, you know, when I'm done with that, I uh, I might have a cup of coffee. Uh, and get dressed, and we go out and hit it, you know, and rock. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And um, I then at night, another part of my routine is uh, I, I do the blue blocker uh, glasses so I can fall Not asleep, right. yeah. you know, uh, fairly soon after the show. There might be a little after show food. They usually bring something, you know, and our crew is that we have that takes care of us is fantastic. They always try to find a restaurant nearby that has healthy options, you know, mm. and uh, bring bring something for the bus. And so I may or may not eat that. And then, uh, and then you know, shortly thereafter, I'll, I'll crawl in my bunk and turn on my temp machine again and start all over. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Do you know, it's funny, Robbo, um, hearing about somebody on the road touring with big shows, and Denny is on the road a lot, but... Mm. 
you know, some of the simple things that a, a corporate road warrior could take out of this, whether it be a mum dealing with her day and going home to the family or a guy being on the road and travelling between Sydney, Melbourne or London, but, you know, simple things like, you know, when you get there, Denny said he walked on the grass to ground himself, mm. getting some sunshine, some vitamin D. Yep. Fasting, like too many guys think I have to go when they're traveling, particularly flying, think they have to go to the food trough. If I don't mm-hmm. eat, mm-hmm. I'm going to perish. But right. mm-hmm. Fasting is good for the system. It's really interesting, Denny, hearing you talk through that because you're making all these choices. You start from a car park, you stock the fridge. People can stock their bag on a Sunday night before they start their week of work. So mm-hmm. I think there's some absolutely valuable lessons out of this. And I have to say also that if you look at the clips for the Tim McGraw band and you check Denny out on stage, the guys, you're 57, right, Denny? Actually, I just turned 58 uh, in January. Yeah. They're 58 years old, mixing it with these young guys, looking the part, rocking out. And Tim has a pretty energetic show and he's keeping up. It's um, made to credit to you. I reckon it's it's way cool for you to be telling this story and sharing it because I know it's something you're very passionate about, isn't it? It really is. I mean, it's, you know, I feel like, you know, this lifestyle has added many years to my career for one thing, you know. Your family had a history of um, of uh, illness as well that you you are ensuring you don't follow the same path. Is that right? So there was an incidence in your family history of heart disease and stuff? Yes, my dad died at 52 of uh, heart disease and you know, a bunch of uncles that went the same way. And so, I mean, it, like I said before, I've, I've always been kind of interested in health and, and fitness. And that was, you know, that was a big part of the motivation for me. Um, it's just that, you know, I think I finally figured out that I was doing it wrong. <laughs> but uh, uh, now I'm on the right on the right track, I think. And you know, I feel I feel fantastic, and um, so I'm I'm going to keep going. You know, that's it's just the process. Denny, there is somebody listening to the show right now who is 35 years old in the corporate world. There is someone who's 46 years old who's an entrepreneur doing their own thing, trying to build a successful business. There is a young guy who's working in a school as a school teacher. We've got a wide variety of people who are living their lives right now who want to make a better choice. What what would you say a person could do immediately? So hearing this podcast they finish this show, what would you say be the one thing they could do immediately to have, to make a profound effect on their life the same way it's had a profound effect on yours? Well, you know, I think the main thing is learn, you know, learn about, you know, if, if you're really interested, that's what I did anyway, is, you know, if you're really interested in making a change, you have to start, you know, learning about what you need to do. And I don't know that what I do is, perfect for everyone else, but, you know, learn all you can about it, and, and don't just listen to the mainstream, you know, but seek out, seek out people that are, have been successful, and, you know, turn their life around, and see what they've done, I think, you know, that might tell you more than, you know, what you might read in Men's Health, or, you know, Time Magazine, or something, you know, um, if you go down the road, I think the diet is probably the biggest thing. Um, mm. The biggest thing that I noticed was when I gave up grains, it, that made a huge difference. Um, I, I'm a firm believer that we weren't really, the human body wasn't really designed to consume grains. And, you know, I think that made the biggest difference for me, followed by um, the 
the industrial seed oil. I can, if I eat that, if I do something that's cooked in canola oil or soybean oil, I feel it right away. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that's a big, a big deal for me. You know, Danny, when you when you felt that difference, when you made this change, and you went down this process of cleaning up your food and exercising and what, what did, how did you know it was different? Like, what were the telltale signs you went, wow, I'm noticing this? I started dropping weight right away. Mm. It was probably the, you know, the biggest thing. And, you know, along with that comes a, a whole host of other positive benefits. If, you, if you're overweight and you drop weight, you know, all of a sudden, you know, a lot of times your blood pressure, pressure will go down, your, uh, your blood sugar might stabilize, Aches and pains start to go away. You know, I had a lot of inflammation, I think, and uh, so I was having, you know, some kind of shoulder pain or, you know, some kind of thing going on. A lot of that stuff went away. So I think the, if you're overweight, you know, I think losing weight uh, is the thing that creates all those other things to start happening. So that was probably the biggest change for me. You know, you have more energy and, you know, you probably start to sleep better, et cetera, et cetera. Danny, um... I, we're going to let you go now, mate, but I, um, Robbo, indulge me for a second, mate. I've got one final question, which is completely personal question. And um, the Mojo Radio Show, I think it's fair to say, Robbo, is a little bit country, a little bit rock and roll. Oh, a little bit of both. We're, we're a bit like you, Gary. We like it both ways. <laughs> I'm actually a cattle farmer as well, Denny. So I'm, uh, I've actually got the real boots, the real stepping out hat and the belt buckle. But, um, right. mate, I've got, I've got most of Tim's albums. Um, I have got most of Faith's stuff. Tell me, tell me the song that when it's on the song list, on the playlist, and you know it's coming up, what's the song that you just love to play on stage that really gets your mojo working you can rock out to and go, it doesn't matter how many times I play this, it just gets my mojo working. Is there a particular song that comes to mind? Oh, man. You know, there's, there's a bunch of them that maybe... I could say, but um, off the top of my head, you know, I love playing uh, the cowboy in me. It's really, it's just, it's a fun song for me because I play uh, the way we do it live. I play uh, yeah. steel on most songs, and then at the end, I I grab my electric guitar and go out and uh, Adam Schoenfeld, who's one of our other guitar players, and I trade solos on the end and play a little harmony thing. So that, that's always that's a kick for me, you know. I guess that's just the cowboy in me. I can, you know, I can name a bunch of them that are, you know, really fun to play, but that's the one that, you know, came to mind immediately. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit you with an even harder question, Denny. Okay. Walk away from Tim for a while and be honest. Favorite song of all time? Oh. Of, of any playlist? Yeah, any playlist, any band, any genre. Oh my. What, what's your favorite song to sit down and crank up? Oh man. Uh, that's a stumper. Yeah. There's so many great. I can yeah. think, you know, you could go through, you know, so many genres. Because, you know, I, just, I used to be a big jazz head, and, you know, yeah, I could nice. name some John Coltrane song or, Beautiful. you know, a Beatles song or yeah. Yeah. an Eagles song. You know, it's just, I don't know. I don't think I can answer that with, okay. without, you know, like offending somebody in my. <laughs> <laughs> Let me put it this way you're sitting backstage, you've got a pair of headphones on, and you want to get your mojo going for you to walk on stage. Mm-hmm. What song do you turn to? Oh, well, let's see. 
what would be a, a song that we played before? Uh, you know, uh, sometimes it's like an ACDC song. Nice. Uh, <laughs> See, that's the yes, answer sir. I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the answer. We, it was, we, went, we went the long way around that paddock, but we got there. ACDC, yes, sir. This has been uh, this has been fantastic, mate. Where can um, where can people catch up with you? Uh, where can people find out the gigs you're about to play? Like your touring schedule, you said you're about to go out in April. How do we how do we find out about you, buddy? Well, just just go to timmcgraw.com, and I think the the schedule is is posted up there. And the, you know they kind of dole it out a little at a time, maybe. But um, there's a pretty pretty good amount of dates uh, on the on the website right now, I think. And then uh, if they want to uh, reach out to me personally, I'm on LinkedIn and I check that quite a bit. And um, so uh, that would be the two places I would I would send them to. Well, Denny, uh, on behalf of Robbo and I, mate, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. This has been, uh, this has been a real privilege spe- speaking with you and um, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll both get to be in the audience soon and see you play live. Yeah, that would be great. And uh, if, if we'll come over there, I, I hope we can hook up and and uh, eat some good Australian beef, grass-fed yeah. beef. And, and you'll also, you'll, you'll, if we end up at the gig, man, you'll recognise Gary. He'll be one in the front wearing his chaps. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Denny, I'll make you a promise. Um, when, when you come to Australia next, um, I, will, I will come to a show and I will bring my own grass-fed beef because we Ooh. raise grass-fed, pasture-finished beef um, ourselves at Ridgeline. So I will bring a steak for each of us, mate. We'll, we'll, we'll get the truck out. We'll do, we'll do a workout with the battle axes and the ropes, and then we'll chow down on some grass-fed beef. What do you say? That sounds like a date. I'm, I'm <laughs> Sweet. That sounds good, man. We always enjoy coming down there and, and playing. All right. Thanks, mate. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us. Hey, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much, man. That was really cool. Yeah, man. Enjoyed that. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. Have a good one. Getting your mojo working. This is the Mojo Radio Show. I'm telling you, mate, Get Truck Yeah, that track mm. is totally... In fact, when I got in contact with Denny mm. and I talked about you and I and the show and stuff, mm. my last line was, all I need you to say is Truck, truck Yeah. yeah. Show. <laughs> and he came back within a couple of days and he's been an absolute treat to deal with. And, mm. and he, I mean, he's, as he said, he's, he's not a young man. Mm. And when you go onto YouTube or Vimeo or whatever it is and look at the the live shows of Tim McGraw, he mm. is man, Tim himself is cut to pieces. He is a beast. Mm, mm. Um and Denny's up there, you know, on stage hanging mm. with the with the young band and stuff. And yep. uh, it just goes to show diet, exercise, getting in the lane, everything else makes a big difference. And mm, uh mm. that dude is uh 
He's, he's fit and healthy truck, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny though, isn't it? Just hearing you say that, that he's not a young guy, but you think about a lot of the touring acts around Australia at the moment and they're not young guys either yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah, Uncanny yeah, X-Men, the Radiators, the Australian yeah. Crawl, I saw the uh, back on the road the other day. <laughs> yeah. And pulling a crowd. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, I'm not taking the piece by any imagination, but um, oh. they're certainly not not uh, the young sprightly fellas they once were. Let's look at the Rolling Stones. Let's not even start on them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's not start there. So, and yeah. uh, no, just a bit him. of a teaser, a teaser for our uh, listeners, we have got some, some of the greats of the music industry, music industry coming up on the mm. show, which is going to be uh, pretty awesome as well in my mind. Absolutely. Lots of and fun. speaking of um, great Australian rock music royalty, do you know Rick Price, uh, Mojo Radio Show, interview is going yeah. gangbusters with downloads. It? It's really popular. He's obviously got a lot of fans out there. Um, just on that, his album has a release date now of July 9. So um, so that's looking something to look forward to. No, when our copy's getting here. Yeah. <laughs> he did promise it. He did. He did. No, I've, um, we've, we've got a little surprise coming from the record company for our listeners, which will be nice. Oh, sweet. Mm, indeed. Very good. We're starting to sound like a, we're starting like a radio show, mate. This mate, is uh, scary. Yeah. You know, the, the, the big networks will be knocking on our door soon going, when are you coming to work for us? Uh, it's a matter of time, mate. It's a matter of time. Um, one last thing mm. before I uh, hand it over to you to wrap up the show. Mm. Um, it was a blog that I wrote which came out um, last week. Uh, so for, those, for the people listening, the listeners, I do a... Uh, a little blog, or so like more of a, a newspaper each Wednesday afternoon. It's called The Espresso. Mm. And it's basically... Something to wrap your fish and chips up in. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's what's news and thinking. So you... I just find five or six of the coolest new ideas, whether they be, you know, products or services or different ways of looking at things or websites or just interesting things um, that I think can help people unlock you know, cool ideas, mm. just things you can steal and nick and plagiarise and then wrap your fish and chips in it. But um, <laughs> I, I've been doing it for a number of years now. It's got a good following sort of with people who subscribe to it mm. from around the world. Mm. And I wrote, the reason I brought it up is, um, and you can find the espresso at garybertwistle.com uh, and go in there and you'll see the espresso and you can go in and subscribe and I'll deliver. It's just completely free. But anyway, I did a story... Each week at the head of it, I do a, an editor's note, which is a little story I find of something that I'm thinking about. And I did one this week based on the premise that the first 15 minutes of your day determines the quality of your day. Wow, And okay. I had heard this talked about uh, some months back and mm. I thought I would start to test it. Mm. And if you think about, and my the basis of my story was, you hear people, it's 8 o'clock in the morning, and you hear people saying it's going from, it couldn't, couldn't get any worse. It's going from bad to terrible. My day is it's just one of those days. Because mm. it never started well, and it just seems to flow through the day. And when I have studied really successful people in any field of life, uh, or people who just seem to be in the zone, in the lane, got their mojo working, got a real good vibe about them. When you ask them, they generally have a routine or a ritual they do either first thing in the morning or even sometimes at nighttime before bed. And Anna Vayner did talk about her own rituals in getting ready for sleep, mm. most of which, uh, and I've taken a lot of things from that interview that we did early in the Mojo Radio Show 
for going to bed part. But it's interesting to think about your first 15 minutes of the day that when you get out of bed. Now, a lot of the successful productivity performance people will say, get out of bed at the same time every day. So that's the first thing. The second thing is build a ritual around it. So you get out and it could be anything from the first 15 minutes to spend playing with my dog, going for a walk, doing Pilates, meditating. Some people do gratitude journals. There's a big vibe on the five-minute journal, which if anybody Googles, you can see that's about gratitude and setting expectations for the day that you write down. Some people, it's about reading. Uh, a lot of authors that I've been listening to recently, the first 15 minutes is spent with their nose in a book um, taking um, information in and mm. new thinking they can apply through their day. So mm. the premise of the story I wrote was that to think about your first 15 minutes of the day and map that out, or in fact, maybe you go to your first hour of the day and map it out with your morning rituals around get up, then I, and I, and then I do this, and then I do that. Mm. And a lot of people I'm seeing, in fact, I was working with a very successful CEO from one of the big financial institutes last week, and she was saying that she chooses to get up at five or quarter past five in the morning because then she gets an hour to an hour and a half in the morning to herself to do these rituals before the kids wake up. Right. So that when the kids wake up, she's had her time, she's done her reading, she's done her yoga, she's had a time to meditate or have a cup of coffee or sit on the balcony or whatever. So when the kids wake up, she's kind of already in front of the day. So it, the reason I bring it up is I, I, I find it personally very powerful and mm. number two, we've had a really good reaction to the espresso with people um, replying and saying, you know, and I, I was working with a guy currently in Poland and we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago and he sent me a note two nights ago from Poland saying that this whole thing about setting a morning ritual or morning routine has changed. He's been one of the most profound changes he's made in his life thus far mm. in that he's now hitting his day with some calm and creativity and grateful and everything else. And he said it really has made a big difference. So uh, mm. I thought it was worth throwing out there, mate. I might, um, I might pass that on to my mum. She's got a big magnet on her fridge that says, some days I wake up grumpy, other days I let him sleep in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's gold. That, now that's gold. That's gold. <laughs> so um, there you go, mate. Well, that's a great idea. I, um, I, mm. I'm going to try that. I am... Um, I, I haven't got a, a ritual in the morning, I've got to be honest. My rituals get up and rub my eyes and think, should I fall back into bed or should I keep going now I'm up? Well, that's the thing, see, and we tend, to not, we tend to not do these things, but it's very calming. And it shouldn't be something which is, I do this, then that, then this, then that. It's not sort of like a task Yeah, not regimented, list. yeah. This is, this is your time, you know. I, mm. I roll out of bed at the same time every day. In fact, I had, I had set three alarms. So I wake up first and I lie in bed for 10 minutes, just think through the day, think of what I'm going to do, just imagine what's coming up. Second alarm, I tend to get up. And the third alarm is just to make sure that I'm, I'm up and about. And if I set three I... alarms, my wife would knacker me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I foam roll for a while, then I journal, and then I have my routines of, you know, having a cup of coffee and some honey and and walking down the river and doing some work and then walking back up again. And by that time, it's kind of, you know, seven past seven and yeah. it's uh, in its family time. So nice. it just gives me a chance to sort of wake up and I find that routine of getting things. And I had the same 
a different routine, but the same type of routine at night time. Mm. Once we are settling down with having, you know, a cup of kefir and and a cup of tea and that sort of stuff. So I just, I, I'm a great believer in it, and the people that I've worked with that have tried it has made a big difference to them. Mm. And it is getting a lot of talk from performance experts. And in fact, if you think back to our episode with Dr. Adam Fraser, I said, "Do you have any rituals?" And he said, "They're not morning rituals." But I have daily rituals, which was around when, then. So when I'm in the mm. car, then I meditate. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. I'm, when my wife is doing that, then I do yoga. So right. there's different ways to do this and set it up. But mm. um, I just think it just puts a bit of calm into your day and sets up well. And it said the first 15 minutes is a good reflection on what's going to happen the rest of the day. If you think back through the days when you've had crappy days, they haven't started well. Yeah. It's a, it's a small little window to set your day up, isn't it? 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, when I say 15 minutes, I think you, it, it, it is a lot more time in that than you think when you are reading or journaling mm, or mm, stretching mm. or playing with the dog or simply going for a walk. But you may do your first hour of the day. You know, that's my not negotiable. That's my time mm. to get into my lane, get my mojo working. And being in nature, you know, I'm sure um, Nicola Newman would talk about that with being in nature for your first hour. Mm. Um, you know, being outside, uh, whether it be some sort of exercise or so on. So, um, anyway, worth uh, worth playing with. Well, there we go. Nice one, Mr. Bert Whistle. We done? I reckon that's this week's show done. Out. The Mojo Radio Show is produced and recorded in the studios of Voodoo Sound. For more tips and tools to get your mojo working, check us out on Facebook at The Mojo Radio Show or online at themojoradioshow.com. For more about Gary, see garybertwhistle.com or to polish your next audio or video production, check out voodoosound.com.au and for the right voice, realtimecasting.com. Andrew Peters speaking. See you next time.